Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, man, you know, uh, today's a good day. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Carving Up Live, right here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. It's great to be with you on this wonderful Thursday. At least if you're not a Green Bay Packers fan, that is. I don't know if y'all heard the news in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And by the way, Packers have a big fan base, so all around America. But uh, it certainly appears that Aaron Rodgers is no more, which can't be all that good to hear if you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers. But I am here, Cheesehead Ozzy, as uh, my friend Grady Edwards, shout out to Grady, dubbed it. I'm here to make you feel better. I'm here to try and ease the pain and, and suffering that's, that you've had to deal with uh, in the past uh, 24 to 48 hours or so. Um, I am Bryson Carver, like I said, as always. We've got a great show. We're going to talk about my Golden State Warriors blowing another road game after a 50-piece by Steph Curry. Darren Waller being traded to the Giants. Lots to discuss in that regard. I, I think it says a lot about the New York Giants and what teams could learn from them. Uh, let's see what else we got. The John Morant situation. I'll get into that. Uh, we got more information on that. And Ezekiel Elliott was released by the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Uh, so a plethora of things to talk about, not to mention March Madness. The madness has already begun. Shout out to Furman for making my bracket look pretty good. Cause I did predict them. Me along with my host, shout out to, uh, uh shout out to Jamel who was on the show yesterday. We both picked for Furman to win, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good, it's, it's a good, it's a good day. It's a good day especially for a person like me who hates the Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh, there's my sister in the comments. She says, I'm ready to feel the love. Okay. In reference to Jordan Love. And Patrick Brown is in the comments. He says, let the Jordan Love era begin. Oh, it will begin. And I will get to Green Bay's side of things uh, in just a moment. Um, so before I do, 
Let me take this off. Let's take the sun. Let's take the sunglasses off. The shades off for a minute, because I want to talk about the Jets aspect of it. But before I do, here's the official announcement. You might as well hear from the man himself, one Aaron Rodgers, announcing that he intends to play for the New York Jets. Take a listen. You know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, oh. And. I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to give. Packers would like to move on. They've let me know that in so many words. They let, they let other people know that in direct words. Um, and because I still have that fire and I, I, and I want to play and I would like to play in New York, uh, it's just a matter of um, you know getting that done at this point. Okay, so according to Aaron Rodgers, he's going to play for the Jets in 2023, and the Packers uh, essentially are just trying to finalize the compensation. Although the reports that we've read all week have, in, have, have insinuated that the deal's already done, the compensation, the terms of the trade have already been agreed to. It's just a matter of whether Aaron Rodgers wants to make his decision. So conflicting reports, who the heck knows what's going on? What we do know is that barring something crazy and unforeseen, which this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, so who knows? This trade appears to be done. We'll learn the, the, the compensation, the terms of a trade as time goes on. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be New York Jets in 2023. Now, I'm hearing a lot of Jets fans. I know two of them. Shout out to John Rivera of the Fan Perspective Podcast. He's been he's been begging the Jets to make this deal for Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Uh, Alfred Parsar Jr., maybe not as much as John Rivera has been, you know, at least hoping for a franchise quarterback. You certainly got an upgrade in Aaron Rodgers. He's a Jets fan. And he's got a podcast here uh, called the Rocky Field Jets Podcast on the grid. But... I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but uh, this does not guarantee the New York Jets are going to be a playoff team this season. I'll tell you why. A lot of Jets fans have made the case that, hey, we had a top three defense in the NFL, and that is absolutely true. Sauce Gardner was unbelievable. The, the undeniable Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm shocked he didn't win unanimously because I never heard of anything about him uh, w winning that award unanimously. Uh, you've got obviously uh, the 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 uh, the brothers Quinn and Williams, his brother as well. Defensively, offensively, you've got a plethora of talent. Brees Hall should be coming back from an ACL tear uh, stronger than ever. It appears the Jets are going to make some moves, possibly in free agency, to shore up that offensive line. They've got a number one talent at wide receiver. Not to mention they've added Alan Lazard. Which, more on that in a second when I get to Aaron Rodgers individually. Uh, but they've added talent to the offensive side of the ball. And God knows they're set defensively. Here's the bad news. You play in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL. You play in a division where Josh Allen is the best quarterback among those four teams with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, I think it's safe to say, are the best team. Certainly they've proven that over the last three to four years. The Miami Dolphins, while I have major, major questions about Tua Tungavailoa, and I don't buy him at all, I cannot deny that roster is really good. To my Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, we'll see if they bring back Mike Gusecki. Uh, a, a drastically improved offensive line. Defensively, they've got a, a new coordinator in there, Vic Fangio, to try and sure things up, clean things up on that side of the ball. And Mike McDaniel has, it appears to be a pretty solid offensive coach. So Miami is looking up. The Patriots, they've had a decent offseason. Bill O'Brien, while I don't love the hire, he's a better hired offensive coordinator than Matt Patricia, who is a, a defensive coach. And they just added Juju Smith-Schuster. So things seem to be looking up for all the AFC East teams. There's no question the Jets have upgraded at quarterback. Here's the problem. 
how much are they upgrading at the quarterback position? Because I'm here, Jets fans, forget playoffs, which they have not been to in two, since 2010. I'm starting to hear talks of Lombardi, which, of course, they have not done since Joe Namath guaranteed that they would all the way back in Super Bowl three. Here's the quarterback that they're getting in Aaron Rodgers. 19th in yards per game last year. 26th in interceptions. 16th in passer rating. 26th in QBR. And they're getting, they're getting a quarterback who has not had a 300-yard passing game since week 14 of the 2021 NFL season. It's better than Zach Wilson and Mike White, I guess, but I don't know. In that AFC where you've got the defending Chiefs coming back and appearing to reload, when you've got the Bills looking to improve on the, the mistakes they made last year, Miami appears to be a better football team last year. Even a team that I don't like really at all, the New England Patriots, they seem to be at least buying somewhat into the offensive side of the ball. You think about Cincinnati Bengals, what did they just do? They just went out and got Orlando Brown from the Kansas City Chiefs to be Joe Burrow's left tackle. Pittsburgh's going to have an improved play at the quarterback position in Kenny Pickett, I believe, because most rookie quarterbacks take a big step. There's exceptions, but most of them take a big step in year two. Denver got Sean Payton. So Russell's not going to be, I don't think Russell's going to be the Russell of old in Seattle, but there's no question. I mean, Sean Payton's made Taysom Hill work. Okay, he's won, he's won games at Taysom Hill, quarterback. Surely to goodness he can do so with Russell Wilson. And a lot of the, you know, so much of the money that the Denver spent in, on improving that offensive line this offseason. All of those teams, I'm mentioning the AFC before I even get to the Jets, who have a coach at Robert Sala, who I like, but I'm not sure is 100% the guy. They have an offensive line that needs to improve. They've got, they've got to address in the draft, free agency, somehow, some way in order to protect Aaron Rodgers. And defensively, while they're great, we know great defenses often aren't as good the next year. Just look at history. There, there's, there's very, very few exceptions where you got a phenomenal defense that's just as good the next year. It's rare. And so I, I don't know if it makes the Jets a playoff team, much less a Super Bowl team. Now, as for Aaron Rodgers, I think it's very fascinating because... Aaron Rodgers was discussing that over the last couple of years, you're not bringing, talking about the Green Bay Packers, you're not bringing in enough wide receiver talent. You are not bringing in enough guys to help me win. You're not bringing in the requisite talent in order for me to compete for a Super Bowl. And by the way, as somebody who's not an Aaron Rodgers defender, I actually kind of defended him on that. I'm like, okay, outside of Devontae Adams... A lot of uh, you know that three three letter word I use jags, or if you I guess yeah yeah three 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 letter jags just a guy uh, you know a lot of a lot of just guys out there Alan Lazard well that's funny uh Alan Lazard is a Jet today reports are that the Jets are going after Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis aging skill position players who Aaron Rodgers has said for years isn't good enough but yet he wants to bring them to the Jets. And that precisely, ladies and gentlemen, is what the Jets are going to have to be dealing with, at least for this year. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers retires after this year? I don't have the, the energy to devote to that. Heck, I barely have enough energy to cover this. But for Aaron Rodgers, what I think is, is fascinating 
is that there was a quote. I've got the quote right here. Because, again, that that was from the Pat McAfee show where he announced that he was going to the Jets. Uh, Here's the quote from Aaron Rodgers, uh, which was said a lot to me. He said, I got to admit, he was talking about the darkness tree. I got to, quote, I got to admit, I went to the darkness 90% retiring and 10% playing. Now I I came out of the darkness, something changed. I'm not exactly sure what that was, but something changed. And I got to I got back to my phone after five days off. I realized that that there had been a little bit of a shift, and I heard from multiple people that I trust around the league, players mostly, that there was some shopping going on. They were interested in actually moving me. You don't say. Yeah, when off season after off season after off season, this is now three in a row, where you've been the focal point for negative reasons. 2020, they draft Jordan Love. Do I blame Aaron Rodgers for being ticked off? I don't. You drafted my replacement in the first round instead of getting me a guy who can help me now? Yeah, I'm going to be a little ticked off. I- I'm fine with Aaron not liking that. But he drags it on and on and on publicly, taking shots at Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, at Matt LaFleur, at the coaching staff, at the organization, at Mark Murphy, the team president. In 2021, You've got the, uh, yeah, it was 2021 when he was reportedly asking out of Green Bay. Remember, there was he, Aaron Rodgers, it was on draft day. I remember covering it on the show. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. And nothing happened. It was just smoke and mirrors. And then he did that press conference during training camp, taking shots at the organization. I mean, everybody in the organization, including his own teammates, who he refused to work out with in the offseason. Last year, it was the very strange ayahuasca thing that he would seem to be more concerned with that than actually getting better at playing football and actually trying to put himself and his team in position to advance the playoffs instead of losing at home in the NFC Championship game as the favorite, as the MVP. And then this year, it's the it's the darkness retreat. Yeah, when you have to keep dealing with your star player, your best player, the most valuable player to your franchise constantly year in and year out over and over and over, being the focal point of attention for negative reasons off the field, not being committed to football while we're paying you in excess of $50 million. And then you read this quote. There was some shopping going on that they were actually interested in moving me. Yeah, I would too. I don't blame them. Aaron Rodgers is a declining player, and notice this: the Packers put up what do they what do they call it? Production intolerance. They'll put up with you. Not just the Packers; any organization will put up with you if you produce. But when Aaron Rodgers declines rapidly, again, we'll show the numbers: nineteenth in yards per game, twenty sixth in interceptions, sixteenth in passer rating, twenty sixth in QBR, and no three hundred yard passing games. And you go nine and eight. I'm sorry, you, you go eight and nine, if I'm not mistaken. Finish third in your division. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> you lose what was in effect a playoff game to the Detroit Lions and scored 16 points against one of the worst defenses in professional football. The third consecutive year that you have lost a home game to end the season. They'll put up with you when you're winning MVPs, but when you're missing the playoffs, they're like, hey. We could do that with Jordan Love. <laughs> what? I mean, well, why, why are we worrying about Aaron Rodgers? And we, 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 we don't have to pay Jordan Love near what we have to pay Aaron Rodgers. 
So yeah, you don't say that they moved on from you, Aaron. To the Jets, I say, good luck. As the guy over the phone and taken told Liam Neeson. Now, that guy didn't end very well for him, but you get the point. As for Green Bay, let's put the shades back on. Boy, you in trouble. Packers, you in trouble. <laughs> so, Green Bay will now move on to Jordan Love, who they selected with their first-round pick in 2020. To Jordan Love's credit, he obviously did not play any games in 2020. He started one game in 2021 when Aaron Rodgers was uh, was out with COVID. We, he, you know, lied to the lied to the Packers, lied to the NFL about his vaccination status. Like I said, I want to be very clear. If players decide not to get vaccinated, I didn't have an issue with it. If you were honest about it, Aaron Rodgers was not. Jordan Love started that game against the Chiefs, didn't play very well. Packers only put up seven points. He looked very overwhelmed at Arrowhead, which in fairness to him, a lot of people do, a lot of quarterbacks do. And then last year, Aaron Rodgers gets injured Second half against the Philadelphia Eagles, who we saw, you know, waltzed their way to the Super Bowl and came back close to winning it. Jordan Love actually looked pretty good. Was more efficient than Aaron. Looked more mobile than Aaron. There was some real good stuff happening there in terms of the development you saw from this young quarterback. The bad news is for the Packers, though, the standard is not get to the playoffs. The standard is not, let's see the improvement from our young quarterback. Folks, Jordan Love is going into year four. He's had three years to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Sound familiar? When Aaron Rodgers sat three years behind Brett Favre? Yeah, here's the difference. Aaron Rodgers was predicted by some in the media to be the number one overall pick back in that 2005 draft. He was not. He slid all the way down to 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Alex Smith went number one to the Niners. Uh, obviously, again, more motivation for Aaron Rodgers, and obviously he, he proved to be quite significantly a better quarterback than, than Alex Smith was, and Alex Smith had a good career, but Aaron Rodgers obviously was, was better. Jordan Love was never rumored to be the number one overall pick. They were talking about Burrow. They were talking about Tua. I was really high on Justin Herbert that year. And the Packers have weapons. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. You got some stuff to work with. Defensively, came on at the end of the season. See if they can get better. See if they can improve. And you certainly know that Jordan Love, at least you hope so, will be more committed to the offseason than Aaron Rodgers was. But again, Packers fans, you know this better than I. The standard is not making the playoffs. The standard is not seeing the improvement of your young quarterback. The standard is Super Bowls. Heck, the trophy's named after your Hall of Fame head coach who won the first two Super Bowls. This is an organization that has had two of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. In a 30-year stretch, they have two Lombardies to show for it. Seven MVPs combined. Two championships. Why on God's green earth do I think that Jordan, or what I think rather, that Jordan Love would be better or any different? Do I anticipate Jordan Love winning a Super Bowl and winning four league MVPs? I can say Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, you know, uh, disappointed, underachieved. Yeah, but the guy is still a first bout Hall of Famer. Got my issues with him. He's a first bout Hall of Famer, no question about it. You sure you're getting that in Jordan Love? Yeah, I hate to tell you, Green Bay, even in the weak NFC, I'm not 100% sure you're a playoff team.
So it's really a lose-lose situation if you think about it for Green Bay and the Jets. The Jets have to take on the problem that the Packers have been dealing with for years in terms of their commitment or lack thereof of the franchise quarterback. And the Packers are now stuck with a guy who they don't even know can play or not. Only time will tell. But uh, like I said, Green Bay, <laughs> y'all in trouble. Big time. Detroit's better. Minnesota's better. Chicago's a mess. They're, they're Chicago. But you feel like a second or third place team in the NFC North. Let's get to some comments here. I've got a, oh my goodness, a lot of comments here. Holy smokes. Let's see. Barry Grant Jr. All Even Podcasts. He said Packers are being petty. Are they? That's interesting. He said they cannot ask for more than a fourth round pick. Rumors say they want a first and two seconds. I mean, from the Green Bay's perspective, they're looking at it and saying, okay, compare Aaron Rodgers 2020. Yeah, I need to do a segment about this. I didn't think about this, Barry. I need to do a segment comparing Russell Wilson's 2021 season and Aaron Rodgers' 2022 season. Because you saw what the Broncos got for Russell Wilson. You could say, well, did the Broncos live to regret that? Of course they did. Giving up what they gave up for Russ, who had a horrible year. But, and I don't think, I do not think Aaron Rodgers is going to be as bad as this, this coming season as Russell Wilson was last year. Although I would not discount it due to his age and lack of commitment to the sport. But <laughs> I don't necessarily blame Green Bay. They have to get something for him. A fourth round pick? No, I don't blame Green Bay for, for, for being petty. By the way, <laughs> yeah, two can play at that game. Green Bay, Green Bay can be as petty as they want with how Rodgers had them on a string for years and years. Oh, Chloe, oh, Chloe says that uh, I stole her cheese. I, 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 hate, I hate to tell you that. I hate to tell you that. All right, you know, I, I hate to do that to you, Chloe. Uh, you, you know, I love you. you. You're my little sister, but nah, not. Well, I'm not holding back today. I'm not holding back today. Grady Edwards says, Wow, okay, Grady's all in. They're getting a top five quarterback. They will be a factor in the AFC. Second best team behind the AFC East, uh, the AFC uh, East Buffalo, without a doubt. Let's just be honest. A Rod is really goofy. But he balled out toward the end of the year. I'm going to have to push back. Well, let me finish your comment. He says, guy still has it. Just about his commitment. If we get a pissed off A-Rod, Jets got a shot in the AFC. Third or fourth best team, in my opinion. I will have to push back on you, Grady, when you say that uh, that the, the, the Aaron Rodgers balled out toward the end of the year. I got to disagree with that. Uh, if I can pull up the numbers from, from when Aaron Rodgers... And you say, again, uh, numbers don't tell the whole story. And you're right. But again, look at the final scores of these games and look at the teams that Green Bay played. Okay, so they, they went into that last stretch. What were they, four and eight? Yeah, they were four and eight after they lost to Philadelphia. They played the Chicago Bears, who got the number one overall pick. And Aaron Rodgers had 182 yards passing, a touchdown, had a QBR of 50, a pass rating of 85. Solid. They won, They scored 28 points. Okay, that's solid. It's not, you're, you're not going to go crazy over it, but it's, it's a solid performance. Then they played the Los Angeles Rams, who won five games last year. Aaron Rodgers, 229 yards, a touchdown, a pick, QBR 0 to 100 of 37, a passer rating of 92. So, okay, but nothing to write home about. Certainly against a Rams team that wasn't very good. Against the Miami Dolphins, Aaron Rodgers, 238 yards, a touchdown, a pick, QBR of 32, passer rating right in the middle at 78. Against the Minnesota Vikings. In a game, Green Bay scored 41 points. Aaron Rodgers was good. 159 yards, touchdown, 
QBR 41. Passer rating's pretty good, 95. Uh, good. But by the standards of a four-time league MVP, not incredible. And then he had that last game against the Detroit Lions, in which Aaron Rodgers had 205 passing. A touchdown, a pick, QBR of 38, passer rating of 83. So he was a slightly above average quarterback the last five games of the season. So I, I'm sorry, I, I love you, Grady, but I got to disagree with you when you say that, uh, that, 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 that you, uh, uh, that you say, when you say he, he balled out at the end of the year. Uh, let's see. Barry says, Aaron Rodgers is money. Bryson tends to compare everyone to Brady. The Jets are ready made and won big games last year with virtually no quarterback. Rodgers gets them to the playoffs, period. I don't think I'm even comparing Rodgers to Brady. I'm comparing Rodgers to Rodgers. I, I, matter of fact, Barry, I have a rule on the show. Don't compare anybody to Tom Brady. I One of my nicknames for Tom, I have many. We all know, know him as the GOAT, but my nickname for Tom Brady was the great outlier. Like, don't compare 40-year-old quarterbacks to him, and I'm not. I am comparing Rodgers to what he was the last couple of years, which was MVP of the league. Am I saying he's got to play at that level again? No. Again, not all quarterbacks age. Matter of fact, almost all quarterbacks do not age like Tom Brady. But some of that is Tom's commitment, love of the game, engaging with teammates, all things that Aaron Rodgers is not really into. Let's see. Uh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Grady said, where's the shades, Bryson? We need cheesehead Ozzy. I, I got it right here. I, got, I, I, I Listen. Oh, and Chloe disagrees. Man, I'm getting a lot of pushback in these comments. I love it. Uh, Chloe says, he ain't declining, bro. Mm, I don't know. Tape says otherwise. Sets says otherwise. Uh, <laughs> uh, Barry says, we coming for Bryson today. The A.A. Ron squad. That's one of the greatest skits in the history of Comedy Central. Shout out to Key and Peele. Those were the best. Oh, man. Let's see. Grady, kind of think J-Love is going to be boo-boo. <laughs> uh, can we get a Sharon Bryson? I don't know if I have the vocal cords to do that, Grady. I don't think I have the vocal cords to do it. Wow, man, y'all really are not high in Green Bay. Green Bay winning four games next year. <laughs> wow. Oh, how about this? Man, these comments are lively. By the way, Bryson, Arizona lost. Wow. Are you serious? You serious, Clark? Arizona lost. Well, down goes another. So, for the record, I'm looking at the scores here. Holy cow. How about that? The number two seed Arizona Wildcats go down in round one. How about that? I consider picking Arizona. How, how I think I had Arizona going to the Elite Eight. If I'm, I'm pretty, to my, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think I had Arizona in the Elite Eight. Let me check. Uh, Elite Eight, Arizona in here. Uh, yeah, I had Arizona getting the Elite Eight and losing to Alabama. I had UCLA winning the championship, so my goodness. Congrats to Princeton, by the way. Congratulations to Princeton. Uh, okay. Good, good for Princeton. Now, I, I predicted the other big upset, which was Furman beating Virginia, which was a... I feel bad for that. I think his name is Clark. I feel bad for that kid for Virginia. Made a, just a boneheaded decision. Full court press. If you haven't seen the play, just Google it. It's 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 brutal. Um, but yeah, crazy game between Furman and, and Virginia, who loses for the third time in the last five years in round one. That is crazy. That's a bracket buster right there. Grady, eh? Got to argue they didn't really have the personnel last season. Why they had to have, run a more balanced attack. But I get what you're saying. In a pass-happy era, his numbers weren't great. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is like a bum. And, and I've acknowledged it's like an idiot not to say this. 
he's clearly an upgrade over what the Jets had last season. Um, I just worry about the fit, the commitment, uh, and, and whether or not that this is going to work uh, in terms of a stacked AFC. I mean, stacked. Where, listen, where does Aaron Rodgers rank among quarterbacks in the AFC? NFC, he was, to me, the second best guy a few days ago to Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen, I'm sorry, what Jalen did last year, getting that Eagles team to the Super Bowl the way that he did compared to how Rodgers played last year and continuously lets people down the postseason. Yeah, I'm going to give that to Jalen. Let's look at the AFC, though. I'm I'm just scamming over the teams. Obviously, Mahomes and Burrow, you're taking in a heartbeat over Aaron Rodgers. I I would think certainly Mahomes. I I would absolutely. Listen, I'm rolling with Burrow over over Aaron. Uh, Let's see. Looking at the, I'd absolutely take Trevor Lawrence over Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't even blink. I'd take Herbert over Rodgers. Uh, let's see. That's four. I take Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers. So I think Aaron is probably the sixth best quarterback in his own conference. Now that's listen, there's seven playoff teams. So if we go just off the best quarterbacks, which is not always how it works, but if we're going off of that, then the jets are a playoff team. But the fact that they are just a lock, don't even think about it. Pencil them in the postseason. Uh, I don't know about that. Chloe. Again, I must mention, as a Packers fan, I'm giving them at least seven, I believe, in love. Seven feels about right. Seven feels about right. Although, like I said, oh, Chloe, are you lowering your standards? Are the Packers fans lowering their standards for Jordan Love? I'm just saying. But it's, I, I get the move by Green Bay, though. You can miss the playoffs with Jordan Love and not have to pay him $59 million in 2023. He's the Jets' problem now, not the Packers. All right. Off with the shades, and as I always do, off with the cheese head. Gonna rep my Tennessee Volunteers who play tonight. I'm a little scared now. I'm a little scared of Tennessee because with all these upsets going down, and we play Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, as they're known as. A lot of people picking Louisiana to upset Tennessee, which scares the living crap out of me. Oh my goodness. Chloe says, nah, he'll be the next Aaron. See, see, now you're just, now you're just, now you're just going too far. Now you're just going too far. But I mean, look, if you're comparing it to last year's Aaron, then yeah, nine and eight, that's, that's a good season for Green Bay. Might be good enough to get in the playoffs as bad as the NFC is. Grady, I'm sure Vikings fans are ready for Rodgers uh, for the 2023 through 24 season. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that that's, it's only logic. Uh, because Aaron spent all, I mean, Brett Favre spent all those years in Green Bay, went to the Jets, uh, and then he went to Minnesota for a couple years and retired. Now, there was a multiple retirements in there as well. Aaron has yet to officially retire the first time, so there's that little little, little, little bit of a difference. But yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're right, Grady. I guess after this season, if Kirk Cousins leaves into the playoffs, performs badly in the playoffs again, then Aaron Rodgers is going to Minnesota for a couple of years. Uh, I mean, look, their careers almost directly parallel one another. Multiple MVPs. Only one Super Bowl, underachieving in the playoffs, but still putting up incredible numbers. I mean, it makes sense. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chloe, it's the Packer fan in me. I can't help it. I'll cut you some slack there, Chloe. I love you. I do want to move on, though, to a more serious topic. Um... 
So the John Morant situation, we've known about it for a couple of weeks now. I addressed it for the first time because, like I said, as, as you guys know, I was off for the last couple of weeks before coming back on Monday. I addressed it on Monday's show. Uh, I clipped it. If you want to see the clip, it's on YouTube now and on, uh, on my channel and on the grid. But we've got some an update on the John Morant situation. He has been suspended eight games by the NBA by Commissioner Adam Silver. Now, included in that eight-game suspension are the, I think, six games. Yeah, the six games that he missed up to this point where the Grizzlies suspended him. So those six games count, which I think is a little weird. Uh, and then he'll miss the next two games. He'll come back on Monday. I think the, the, the Grizzlies play the Mavericks that day. So John Murray will be coming back at that point. Um, a couple days ago, two, three, four days ago, something like that, he entered a, I guess, a, a, you know, a, I guess he got therapy essentially in Florida. It feels a little strange to me because it feels a little bit quick. Keep in mind, it's not even been a full two weeks since the incident in Denver, Colorado, which John Morant was on IG Live flashing a gun. And less than two weeks later, he's taken time off. I mean, entered the, the, the Florida facility. I don't know if it's a facility, but went, went to Florida to, to, you know, to, to address these, these issues this week. And he's already back? Am I doubting the sincerity of John Morant? No, because I, I don't have any grounds to do that. Again, like I said, I made very clear on Monday's show. <laughs> you guys know how I feel about the Grizzlies. I cannot stand them. But I am pulling hard for John Morant because he is one of the most talented players in the NBA. He's got star power. He's got star quality. I do not want to see him waste his career, waste everything he's worked so hard for an image to maintain for an image that he's trying to maintain that like I said I don't think really is him. But it feels rushed. Now he did an interview with Jalen Rose just yesterday. Jalen Rose, former NBA player, works for ESPN now. Did an interview with Jalen Rose. I mean, to me, this is how I interpret it, interpreted it. He said all the right things. He seemed contrite. He seemed remorseful. And again, only time will tell if that is truly the case because as, as we always say, actions speak louder than words. Don't don't talk about it. Be about it. And so, again, we'll, we, it, it's up to us to give John Morant the space that he needs in order, in order to do that. But if the goal was to truly address these problems, whatever John's dealing with, he mentioned anxiety being a factor. He mentioned being more aware of certain people in his circle that don't need to be there, which I talked about on Monday's show. Again, two weeks feels a bit fast. Basically 12 days since the incident occurred. I'm not saying Adam Silver came down light on him. They met yesterday. Again, according to sources, Ja, was, ja said all the right things. He was remorseful. And by the way, there's another star in the NBA. I go so far as to say superstar in the NBA who got let go of Nike in favor to bring in Ja Morant, that'd be Kyrie Irving. Ja Morant did something that Kyrie Irving didn't do. Admit he was wrong when asked to do so. Kyrie kept doubling down, doubling down, doubling down until it got him suspended. Then he apologized, and once he got traded from Brooklyn, he deleted all of his apology tweets and Instagram posts and everything on social media. Ja at least appears to be remorseful which is one step further than that guy who plays in Dallas. So I'll give him credit there. 
I just don't know if 12 days is enough to truly address the root of the problem. To truly address the issues that are really going on. Because anytime you've ever heard of anybody, whether it be someone in your personal life, whether it be a celebrity, people have talked about going to therapy and whatnot, it's not a quick fix. Okay, I went to therapy. I'm good now. I heard uh, one guy, shout out to the actor Zachary Levi, by the way. Uh, he, he wrote in his memoir, which was tremendous. Uh, he talked about therapy and taking care of your mental health uh, is like brushing your teeth. You got to do it every day. You can't just brush your teeth in the morning. Okay, my teeth are clean. Well, they're going to get, you, you got to brush them again at night. Got to brush them the next morning and the next day and the next day and so on and so forth. That's kind of th what therapy is like. That's kind of what addressing uh, personal issues are about. It's not a quick fix. You know, scientists have said for the longest time that it takes two weeks to truly build a habit. It's not been two, week, two weeks since he's even been suspended initially the first time. And certainly far less than that. I think less than one week since he went to address these issues. Hopefully, I, you know, I don't know if John Morant will, will continue to be in therapy. I don't know the situation, the ins and outs, in terms of what he's going to do moving forward in his personal life and specifically the people he surrounds himself with. And I mean, there's, there's an old saying, I, 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 won't, I can't quote it for verbatim, but uh, a saying about you can learn a lot about a person by the people they spend time around. John Morant's got to understand that. He's got to address that, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm pulling for him. Again, while I may not like the Grizzlies, I never, ever, ever, and this, this applies to any sport. This applies to any person. I never want to see somebody throw away talent, uh, you know, a potential great career, which Josh certainly has the potential to do so, considering what he's making from the Grizzlies. From Nike, he's got his own uh, signature shoe with, with uh, Powerade. You don't want to see him throw that away. Ever. You don't want to see anybody throw that away. I'm pulling for him, and I hope that he's able to continue to address these issues because 12 days doesn't seem enough. Just from the outside looking in, and I don't know job personally, obviously. I don't know what steps that were taken that we don't know about. 12 weeks seems really fast. We'll see what happens over the course of the next few weeks, months, and how Jod dresses this. Let's see. Uh, uh, Grady Edwards talking about Aaron Rodgers. He said 20, 24 through 25 is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers going to Minnesota. But yeah, listen, it's it's a tough situation. Uh, th this is not the first instance in which Ja got in trouble. Again, I mentioned the incident where him and his entourage pointed a red laser at the Indiana Pacers team bus. You have the incident where there are allegations. Again, these are allegations, but allegations from last summer uh, from a 17-year-old kid that John Morant beat him up during the summer after a pickup game. You have the situation where uh, with the store clerk, with, with John Morant's mother. And so, you know, as they say, that where there's smoke, there's fire. And the thing that we know for a fact 100% that John Morant did, he showed you on Instagram Live. He felt comfortable enough to get out his phone, go on IG, go live, and do what he did. I just don't know if two weeks is enough, folks. I, 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 I don't. But that said, I'm absolutely rooting for him. Um, I do. Well, let's see. Let's check some of the scores in college basketball. 
Hang on. Where are they? Okay, I've got, I've got my, I'm sure y'all got your March Madness apps tracking all the games. Uh, my bracket got busted. I'm not kidding on the very first game. I picked West Virginia to beat Maryland. It was a great game, by the way. Back and forth. Maryland, uh, I'm sorry, West Virginia built a big lead to start. I think they were up like 16-4 to four to start the game. Then Maryland went on a run, went up like nine points, and West Virginia came back. Back and forth game. That Reese kid that plays for, for Maryland was just everywhere in the offensive glass. And uh, the, the the guard for West Virginia missed a half-court heave that would have won the game uh, at the buzzer. And Maryland moved on. So my bracket was busted the very first game. I cannot tell you many times this has happened. But I'm still hanging my hat on the fact that Furman lives. Ladies and gentlemen, when they beat Virginia. I feel so – I feel like – I feel like a genius for a day. I, I feel good. But I picked the right upset. But, man, Princeton beating Arizona. Wow. That's, but you know what? You know what's something that's interesting? And I was talking about this with Jamel yesterday. Jamel Crothers, who was on uh, the Carving It Up Live March Madness 2023 show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. But he, he's, he's a college basketball aficionado, aficionado, which is why I want to have him on the show. And he made the great point that oftentimes you see these teams that lose in their conference tournaments. You see them come back. Like if they lose early, if they lose in like the semifinals. That bitter taste, they're like, oh, okay, this is just a piece of what losing in the big dance is like. And they address their 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 flaws, their problems. They tighten up on some certain things. They button up, and they go on with some of these runs. They get to the Elite Eight, or in some cases, the Final Four. Arizona's kind of like the reverse of that. And I was telling them, like, you know, you, you learn. I agreed with him. You, you learn more from, from losses than from wins oftentimes. And so, you know, a loss hurts a heck of a lot more then a win is exciting. At least that's that, that's how I feel. That's how a lot of athletes feel. Coaches, fans. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arizona's like the reverse. They won the Pac-12 championship by only two points against UCLA. A UCLA team, which, by the way, was my pick to win it all. Uh, does UCLA play tonight, by the way? They do. They play uh, University of North Carolina, Asheville. Okay, that game's at 10.05 Eastern. So, you know, UCLA, I've got them winning winning it all. But you win that game by two, you're feeling good about yourself, and you overlook little old 15-seed Princeton, who's now dancing all the way to the round of 32. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Is there any games going on right now? Okay, we got Illinois and Arkansas. Arkansas leads by seven with under a minute left in the West region first round against Illinois. I did pick Arkansas to win that game. Uh, you got, again, Maryland beat West Virginia. Furman on the craziest play of the tournament thus far. Survived Virginia by a point, 68-67. Uh, Missouri, I was wrong on this one. I picked Utah State to beat Missouri. Missouri, this is their first NCAA tournament win since 2010, so congrats to the Tigers, although I probably shouldn't say that because they're in the same division as Tennessee. But, uh, Missouri won by 11 over 10 seed Utah State. Kansas took care of business against Howard pretty easily. So did Alabama, the number one overall seed in the tournament. They beat Texas A&M, uh, uh, CC. You've got uh, San Diego State in what was a very entertaining, exciting game. They beat Charleston by six points. And then Princeton with the shocking upset 
over the Arizona Wildcats. And again, there's some some big games. There's a game tipping off and not too long. Auburn, Iowa. You got Oral Roberts and Duke. Colgate, Texas. Boise State, Northwestern. Uh, and then you've got, obviously got my Tennessee Vols taking on the, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, which is a cool team name and an appropriate team name for that school. North, North, Northern Kentucky versus Houston, Penn State versus AM, who I have getting to the final four, by the way. There's always one final four team. You're like, how the heck did they get here? AM to me got screwed on their seeding. How AM was this? I don't have time to get into it, but how AM was a seven seed is nutso. Okay, I've got AM getting the final four. You heard it here first on carving it up. About John Morant, Grady says, John needs to get out of Memphis, man. Not the best city to be in with the issues that he's having. I, Brought that up as well Monday uh, too, Grady. Not the city's fault, but a chance of scenery might be needed. That that very well could be the case. Again, and I mentioned the fact that he's doing what he's been doing in the city that he's doing it in. I mean, listen, Memphis. I don't live near Memphis. I I, I live, you know, I, I don't live in that area. But that is a crime rates are up in that city. So, yeah, that very well could be the case, Grady. Again, I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with the people that Josh surrounding himself with, and there's certain people that he's going to have to cut out of his out of his life. It's as simple as that. There's people eating off of his meal ticket that are hurting him. That are, I mean, again, if they don't, what does what does someone in your inner circle do? They contribute to your life, to your well being, or are they taking away from it? Are they making life more difficult on you? And sometimes you might not be able to see it immediately. Until you're in a situation like this where you screwed up in front of the whole world. And so I hope John takes this opportunity to look at himself and look at the people around him. Not everybody. You know, you can't cut off every single person, but the people that, that don't need to be there, the people that don't care about Jaw, they care about what Jaw can give them. He's gonna need to eliminate those people out of his life. He's gonna need to cut them out of his inner circle and and replace them with people that do care. Or don't widen the circle. Do what LeBron did. You've got your guys. You've got your Maverick Carters of the world, your Rich Pauls of the world. Ride with those guys, and, and look what they've become. They've become an empire, basically. I mean, Rich Paul is the power agent of the NBA with Clutch Sports. Maverick Carter is the business manager that everybody goes to, all the players go to. It's because LeBron knew he got, he's got an opportunity to lift good people who have big dreams out of Akron, Ohio. And look what they are now. So I'm pulling for job. Uh, again, Arkansas leads now by eight with 37 seconds left. So it looks like the Razorbacks are going to advance to the round of 32. So the SEC is doing good. Arkansas won, Missouri won, Alabama won. Hoping that my Vols don't screw it up. I had, I had Tennessee, by the way, getting to the Sweet 16 for those that didn't watch the show yesterday and lose to Purdue. Am I confident in a potential matchup with Duke in the round of 32? No, that's why I'm pulling for Oral, Oral Roberts. I picked Duke to win, but I'm pulling for Oral Roberts, even though they they did make their own run to the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago. So, cross my fingers. Sweet 16, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be satisfied. It always sucks to lose, but I'll be satisfied. Anything before that would be a major, major disappointment. Okay, moving on. What do we got next? Oh, Darren Waller. Darren Waller got traded uh, a couple of days ago by the Las Vegas Raiders to the New York Giants. I think the Giants got a, I'm sorry, the Raiders got a third-round pick out of him. Uh, we know Darren Waller is obviously one of the premier tight ends in the league when healthy. Again, keyword: when he's healthy, when he's on the field, when he can contribute. 
But when he is, he's, again, he had a great connection, connection, great rapport with Derek Carr. But here's what I love about this trade from the Giants aspect. The Raiders, I'm not sh real sure what they were doing. I'm not sure. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, we know he's a guy who kind of needs all the help he can get. Again, I said he's a low-end starter, high-end backup. I don't know why you take a weapon away from him. Is it to free up cap space? I don't know. It's a, it's a strange move from Vegas, especially, like I said, it sucks for Darren Waller because he just got married to the Las Vegas Aces superstar, Kelsey Plum, uh, who's probably one of the five best players in the WNBA. They just got married days ago, like within the last week. And he gets traded. It's like, dang, that sucks. But, uh, yeah, you want to talk about power couple as far as athletes. How about that? But Darren Waller is a New York Giant now. Now, does it make the New York Giants better? Well, yeah, he's obviously better than the tight end that they had initially, whoever it was. It was they had that Bellinger guy. Darren Waller's a better player. Here's the question about him individually. Can he stay healthy? Okay, he's missed a lot of games. He's had concussions. He's had uh, so, some lower uh, body issues with his knee, with his ankle. So, obviously, we, we, we wish him the best in terms of health, but he has, he has struggled to stay healthy. But the bigger picture for me from the New York Giants, and it's something, folks, that I admire. They did something, and I didn't get a chance to talk about the Daniel Jones contract on the show. I did on, on social media, just not on this show. I think it's insanity that the Giants paid Daniel Jones $40 million a year. It's crazy. Say that Daniel Jones is as good as Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, who make about that same amount of money, I think is, is absurd. However, what I admire that the Giants are doing, they're saying, you know what? We are going to get absolutely everything we can get out of Daniel Jones. Because there's, there's plenty of Daniel Jones defenders out there that say, well, I mean, look at his receiving core. I mean, who are these guys? It's a fair argument. So what are they doing? They re-signed Darius Slayton, who was Daniel Jones' best receiver. They bring in Darren Waller. They franchise tag the best player on the offense, Saquon Barkley. They are making it to where, you know what? No excuses now. We're trying to make it, if you're in the New York Giants, we're trying to make it to where we know exactly what you are. A lot of teams could learn exactly that. Like, don't want to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. I'll talk about them at the end of the show, releasing Zeke. But it's what I've criticized the Cowboys for for years. Since Dak arrived, have they ever been aggressive in free agency in, a, in addressing the offensive side of the ball. Yes, the offensive lines have been great, incredible when Dak came to the league, and very good now. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, uh, Zach Martin, who they just restructured the deal along with Dak Prescott. You drafted CeeDee Lamb. Great. CeeDee Lamb's the number one receiver in this league. I had doubts about him coming into the season. He proved me wrong. CeeDee Lamb is the man. But he can't be the only man. Just like going to Brown. Yeah, it's a plus. But Michael Gallup has lost his explosiveness, and he's he was never a guy to really uh, to separate on on these on these shorter routes. T.Y. Hilton, not sure if he's going to be back. Okay, Jalen Tolbert, bust, doesn't work, barely got on the field with a very thin wide receiving core. Dallas has never, even when Dak made peanuts, when he made six hundred k a year, 
What's up, everybody? Okay, do you guys know that even if we all ate the same and exercised the same, that we would all still look completely different? I'm Lacey Green. I'm a super trainer with body. That's body with an I. I'm telling you, this is something that you need in your life. The app isn't just about having a perfect body, because what is that anyway? It's about what we call health esteem. Feeling good about yourself right now, just as you are, as you work on the person you are becoming. Using body's tools to find your version of happy and healthy. Body isn't just some software. It's people. It's trainers, nutrition, and mindset experts, and a community of other people just like you and me. And they even have my program, For Beginners Only, which you have to try even if you've never worked out a day in your life. Join today and get $89 in free bonus gifts perfect for beginning your fitness journey, but only while supplies last. For details, go to body.com. That's body with an I.com. Let's get up, get moving, and feel good. Woo, woo. Never were aggressive in free agency. The one move that they made to help Dak Prescott was trading for Amari Cooper, who was on his rookie deal. They kept him because he's a cowboy. DeAndre Hopkins is out there. There's plenty of other guys that can help Dak that are out there. The Giants are like, you know what? Darren Waller's not on the market. At least that's what we know from the outside looking in. Darren Waller wasn't somebody that you had been hearing rumblings. Again, to my knowledge, could be wrong on this, that the Las Vegas Raiders were, were, were shopping. And the Giants are like, okay, well, let's, let's bring him in. Let, let's see what Daniel Jones really is. Now, it's a little strange that they're doing this considering what they just gave him, which is why I would have franchise tag. I despise the franchise tag. I hate the franchise tag. It takes all the power away from the player. But from the Giants' perspective, that's what I would have done. Bring back Darius Slayton, franchise tag Saquon Barkley, improve the offensive line, bring in Darren Waller. And by the way, year two with Brian Dable. I admire what the Giants are doing. I wish more organizations would do that. Cowboys aren't. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know, for years, the Raiders didn't. They, they, they gave Derek Carr offensive pieces, but they never gave the man a good defense. Lamar Jackson. For the love of, could you please? You're, people are like, oh, receivers don't want to play in Baltimore. Then trade for them. If they don't want to, you know, if they're not just going to, to, to go into free agency and that's the first team they choose, okay, bring one in. Maybe they will work. Look at Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown. I wish more organizations would do what the New York Giants are doing. Organizations with, by the way, much better quarterbacks, I wish would do what the Giants are doing with Daniel Jones. I don't buy into Daniel Jones, the franchise quarterback. I'm not sure the Giants do either. But they're making 100% sure. They are, as we hear all the time in free agency, doing their due diligence to make sure he is or he isn't the guy. I love what the Giants are doing. I, I love this trade for him. Again, the question for Darren is whether he stays healthy. That's that's the big question mark. If he does, man, that that's a problem. That is a team that is, 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 is a force to be reckoned with uh, in, in that NFC. And in the NFC East, which is his, appears to be the best division in all of all of the NFL, um, let's see Auburn and do I'm sorry Auburn and Iowa just started. Auburn leads by two. I picked uh, I picked Iowa to win that game and to advance. Auburn's been really inconsistent all year, so I, I roll with the Hawkeyes uh, out of the the Big Ten. Let's see. So, uh, do we have any any news coming? Okay, so here's this. Now, I'll get to It's funny. This is a great segue. Great segue for my next segment. Uh, this is from Sham Sharani of 14 minutes ago. 
He says, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green's 16th technical foul is not expected to be rescinded, and he will be suspended for Friday's game versus the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, just a quick note on that technical foul. I had, I didn't. Usually, they'll give Draymond or they'll give other guys tees, especially other guys. They're like, dude, come on, like, refs, grow up. You guys, you guys know me. I, I am. I would go so far as to say as I can at times appear pro ref, because as a ref, part time, trust me, it's a hard job. But NBA refs, folks, are bad. They're thin skinned. In this case, though, the Draymond, the technical last line, Draymond Green, I had no issue with it. Okay, he took the ball, a uh, clipper made a shot, and he threw the ball at Russell Westbrook's head. I don't know if it's accidental or not. I, I don't have an issue with that technical foul, and I'm not shocked that the league's not going to rescind this. So Draymond's gone for Friday's game against Atlanta. Let's shift to the Golden State Warriors. My Golden State Warriors, the defending 2022 NBA champions who will not defend their crown unless they can win on the road. Uh, that Curry guy, yeah, he, he, he might have a future in this basketball thing. 50 points, 20 for 28 from the field, eight for 14 from three-point range. I don't know how much more evidence you need that he's the best player in the world with all due respect to Giannis, to Luka, to Kevin Durant, to Joel Embiid. That's the guy. That's it. He's averaging 36 and six on 50% from the field, Four, not not even forty percent from three, forty four percent from three, and ninety percent. I think ninety one percent to be exact from the free throw line. He's the most efficient player in the league. If you're going by efficiency, that guy's the best scorer in basketball. Now I'd still probably give that title to Kevin Durant, but Steph's not off by much. Here's the problem with Golden State against the Los Angeles Clippers, and it's been the problem with Golden State all season long. Okay, not just winning on the road, which they're now 7-27. and 27. Only the Rockets and the Spurs, who are both actively tanking, are worse playing away from their home arena. Golden State yesterday, against a good Clippers defense, shot 55% from the field and 47% from three. Think about that. They made over half their shots and almost half their three-pointers. They scored 126 points but they gave up 134. 134 points. You're not going to win a whole lot of basketball games giving up that amount. Kawhi Leonard did his thing. I think he had 20. No, I'm sorry. Kawhi had 30. Paul George chipped in. It was an inefficient 24, but I'll be at 24. Uh, Zubas gave you 19. He killed us in the offensive glass. Credit where it is due to Russell Westbrook. You guys know I've been critical of him, but Russ had a big game. Russ had 15, but to me where he was most impactful was in the offensive glass. He was just flying in grabbing off its rebounds and creating second shots for, for the Clippers, in which they often cashed in, particularly Eric Gordon, who was on a heater last night. I don't know what I don't know what got into him, but he was he listen, Eric Gordon's always been a great shooter, but man, he got he, he got going in that third quarter. Uh, and what did he finish with? Uh, he finished with 16, four for eight from three, but it felt like he felt like he had 36 the way he played. Here's what I've come to the realization for for Golden State. Do I still believe they can win the Western Conference? Heck yeah, I do. For as many questions as the Golden State Warriors have, every single other team in the West has. Denver's playing awful right now. Denver's lost four straight games. They've been terrible in the defensive end. Jokic hasn't been that great. And the role players have not been as good as they were in the first part of the season. Sacramento is the story of the league. Mike Brown is the runaway, in my view, coach of the year. But they play literally no defense. It's a guard-heavy team. De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, who, by the way, 
might be Rookie of the Year, along with Paolo Bancaro for, for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Malik Monk, Demonis Sabonis, it's not a defensive stopping team. Memphis, <laughs> it's still continuing. I'm not so sure they're not better without Jaw than with Jaw. I don't know if y'all ready for that conversation, but I said that years ago about Russ. I was right. I said that years ago about Kyrie. I was right. Might be the same case with John Morant. And plus, they have their own issues to deal with. They've been inconsistent in the defensive end. And by the way, just like Golden State, they're amazing at home, horrible on the road. So they're Golden State, but without the experience and with a heck of a lot more cockiness, even though they haven't deserved it, uh, or haven't earned it, rather. The Clippers like them. Love, love Kawhi if he's healthy. Paul George has, has often been up and down the playoffs, but when he's up, he's really up. He's really good. Uh, they've got a good supporting cast, again, with Eric Gordon, with Terrence Mann, with, with, with Zubots. It's the Russell Westbrook thing I have a question about. The Dallas Mavericks, come on. They weren't a contender without Kyrie. Now, with Kyrie, they're done. They're, 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 they're sunk. They've got a better record without Kyrie than with Kyrie since he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. The Lakers, he lost to the Rockets last night. I get it. No LeBron, no AD, but come on. You gave up 70. Was it 73 points? 78 points, was it, in the paint? That's that, that that's not a chance. I mean, folks, they're the 10 seed. A 10 seed is not going to win the championship. Uh, or even, but I'm not sure, win a playoff series. Uh, obviously, 10 seed is not good enough to get in the playoffs. I maintain the Lakers will get in, but they will not go further than round one. Phoenix, you guys know, love Phoenix. If KD's healthy, but he's not right now. So every other team in the West has, this is probably the weakest the West has been in years. So yeah, Golden State is still in the West, even without Andrew Wiggins. I do not, I definitely don't think they can beat Milwaukee without Andrew Wiggins. And I'm not so sure they can beat Boston without Andrew Wiggins. Philly, maybe, maybe. There's triple team and beat and, and, and take care of the other guys that they have on that team. Tobias Harris, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. Andrew Wiggins' absence has been devastating. Now, for Andrew Wiggins, I want to I've made this clear on Twitter, but I'll make this clear on my show. Whatever Andrew Wiggins is dealing with, can we please give him space? If to anybody out there that's doubting whether or not the guy is fully committed to basketball or if this is just an excuse for guys, Andrew Wiggins, if you know anything about Andrew Wiggins, you know the guy does not miss games. He's durable physically. And he's durable mentally, emotionally, especially since arriving in Golden State. I, I can't remember the major. I mean, he had a major injury this year where he missed like a, a few weeks. I think it was three, four weeks. Outside of that, he's never hurt. He wasn't hurt in Minnesota. He's really not gotten hurt in Golden State, at least a major injury. And I'm sure he plays through stuff because of, because of the number of games that he plays. He's incredible in the defensive end. And folks, he was the second best player in the postseason last year for us to Steph Curry. He was more consistent than Jordan Poole. He was better defensively than Klay Thompson. Um, and he provided more at times than Draymond Green. Andrew, I mean, after game five of the finals last year, remember this? When people start talking about, hey, is Andrew Wiggins the finals MVP? I thought it was crazy, which was a disrespect to Wiggins. It was like, guys, you see what Steph is doing right now? But that's how good Andrew Wiggins was on both ends. He has turned himself into one of the three best two-way players in all of basketball, in my view. What he did to Luka in the Western Conference Finals, and what he did to Tatum in the NBA Finals. I don't think this team can win a championship without him. Now, whatever's going on in his personal life, that is, that's way more important than basketball. That's way more important than the 2023 NBA championship. So praying for Wiggs, praying with his family, whatever's going on, it's obviously it's 
obviously it's very serious for him to have missed this long. So wishing him absolutely nothing but the best and praying for him and his family. So people that are questioning his commitment, like shut up. That's, that's insanity when you're talking about this guy. Um, and size has been an issue for Golden State. If you look at their starting lineup without Wiggins, it's been Steph, Clay, Draymond, DiVincenzo, Looney. I think you need to give Looney more minutes. Jonathan Kaminga, if you notice, if for those that watch the game, Jonathan Kaminga got minutes at the end. He's outstanding as a wing perimeter defender. He made it tough on Kawhi. Kawhi still got his shots, but Kaminga made it tough on him. That's what you got to do with the great players. You can't stop them, but make their job as hard as possible. He's a you know he's obviously a lob threat. He can occasionally knock down the open three, although that's not really his game. He can get buckets off the dribble down low. I like to see Jonathan Kaminga inserted in the starting lineup, getting more minutes. But for Golden State, to me, and I tweeted this last night, this is the biggest five-game stretch to me of the whole season because they've lost now eight straight on the road, and they've lost they've won nine straight at home. That's what's mind-boggling. Is this is I, I think they showed the stat last night. I don't know if I have it. Okay, I don't have it on here, but it was the they have like the biggest discrepancy uh, between home winning percentage at home and winning percentage on the road. It was like 70% or something crazy at home and like 20% on the road. Uh, for Again, Golden State, 29-7 and seven on the road, 7-27 and 27 away from the Chase Center. It's, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, don't, I can't comprehend it, can't understand it, but that's how it, it's been all season long for them. I'd like to see Kaminga inserted to the starting lineup with DiVincenzo coming off the bench and being in the closing lineup. And Looney get more minutes in crunch time. But when Steph gives you 50, you got to help him out. You've got you've got to give him more help. You not not offensively. That's not what I'm talking about. They they shot 55% for the field. They scored 126 points. That should be good enough to win an NBA game. But when he can't stop the opposition, it doesn't matter. Steph Steph could score 70. It doesn't matter. You if you can't stop the the, the opponents, if you can't stop the LA Clippers. So, Golden State's got four more road games coming up. Got a back-to-back in Atlanta and Memphis. Then you go to Houston, and then they finish in Dallas next Wednesday before coming home to play a red-hot Philadelphia 76ers team. So these next five games are really big, but to me, especially these next four games, being on the road, being that they've lost eight straight road games, they have got, to me, they've got to go three and one of these games. And that might be too much to ask, but they've got to finish this road trip to me with a winning record. Dropped one against the Clippers last night. Steve Kerr said he wasn't discouraged by this, and we've seen Steve Kerr get... Pretty down and out about certain games. Seemed pretty kind of exhausted. But he seemed kind of optimistic. Well, if coach is optimistic, then incur we trust. He's obviously done something right. You know, every time the Warriors have gotten in the playoffs under Steve Kerr, they've minimum gotten to a game six of the NBA Finals. Minimum. So, I trust what he's saying. I'm rolling with what coach is saying. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, a little bit of breaking news here. That's interesting. Uh, according to Woj... Uh, Michael Jordan is engaged in serious talk to to sell a majority stake in the franchise in the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Hornets minority owner uh, Gabe Plotkin and Atlanta Hawks minority owner Rick Schnall. There's Rick Schnell, Rick Schnall, I think is how you say his name. Okay, so Michael Jordan looks like he's going to sell the Charlotte Hornets. Well, Michael Jordan may be, in my view, the second greatest player ever to LeBron to many, the greatest player ever, certainly top two. Dude is a horrible owner. <laughs> love love Michael. Horrible owner. So this would be one of the best things that's ever happened to the Charlotte Hornets. And no offense to Charlotte, not, not a lot of big things have happened. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Patrick Brown's comment. He says, developing story. Michael Jordan is in serious talks to sell majority stakes of the Charlotte Hornets via Woj. Yeah, that's as a lot of Hornets fans have been calling for him to do this for a long time. So they're getting their wish uh, of Michael selling the team. So I guess I guess he decided that team ownership thing is just is just not his thing. But outside of that, he, he's he is definitely he's kick butt in business. No question about it. If nothing else, Jordan Brand is going to be selling for a long time. Jordan is still outselling by a mile. LeBron and KD and Steph and all these guys, all these great players uh, who have you know very well known signature shoe lines, and Michael still blows them all out of the water. So yeah, do I think Golden State can win the West? Yes. Can they win the finals without Andrew Wiggins? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Now, if Wicks comes back, by the way, Gary Payton's gonna be coming back in the next two to three weeks. We're good. I think I think he's gonna be reevaluated in like one week, Gary Payton is. So he's he's pretty close to his return. But you've got to be better on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, I think I th- there was a stat, by the way. The Warriors are third best in the NBA in defense defensive efficiency at home. Third worst on the road, which is crazy because in any sport, you know, baseball, they say pit, it's, it's pitching and then basketball and football, it's defense, defense travels, or in the case of baseball, pitching travels, offense don't always travel. It depends on the conditions. You know, the Colorado Rockies hit a lot of bombs at Coors Field, maybe not going to hit as many at Dodger Stadium because the altitude difference, obviously. Feels like the Golden State Warriors have been. It's, it's like it's like altitude. Obviously, they play in the Bay Area. They play in San Francisco. They're not they're not the Denver Nuggets, but it's like the altitude helps them at home. It's like a big advantage. And then on the road, they it's just they they, they can't deal with it. I, I it's it's one of the most confusing things that I've ever seen in my time watching sports or covering sports on this show. I I don't think I've ever seen anything like it because this is an organization too. They have I don't know the exact number. I know it's in the high twenties. It's like twenty seven, excuse me, twenty seven or something like that consecutive playoff series that the Golden State Warriors have won. Well, they've won 27. It's it's something about that, something more, something less. 20-something straight playoff series that the Golden State Warriors have won while winning at least one road game in the series. It's like the longest streak of all time in NBA history. So for a team to be that great on the road, I mean, some of the Warriors' greatest wins in this dynasty have come on the road. Think about those games in Cleveland. All you know, Through all those finals, you think about... Some games in Memphis over the years, in Houston, in OKC in Game 6, Boston last year. I mean, some of the Warriors' best wins. Most of the Warriors' great wins have come on the road. And for them to now be the Houston Rockets, to be the San Antonio Spurs, to be basically the Detroit Pistons, the three worst teams in the league on the road, while having the best player in the world, while having a Clay Thompson who's playing at the all-star level that we were used to seeing him play at, while DiVincenzo's been a great acquisition, Jermichael Green's found his spot in the rotation. Kevon Looney's playing well. Jordan Poole seems to kind of be getting the ship right, although I'm not counting on it. It's strange. It, it, it is one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. Uh, tournament update, Auburn leads Iowa 12-10. to 10, About eight, a little over eight minutes into that one. Got some games about to tip off. Oral Roberts and Duke in a few minutes. Colgate in Texas after that, Boise State and Northwestern after that, and then you'll have your slate of late games, Northern Kentucky, Houston, uh, let's see, Louisiana, Tennessee, Penn State, Texas A&M, and then UNC Asheville and UCLA. UCLA, who I did predict to win the national championship. We'll see. 
It's going to be a fun tournament. It's already been a fun tournament. It's going to be a, it's fun next two and a half weeks. Last topic. It involves the Dallas Cowboys. They cut Ezekiel Elliott yesterday. Saves them, I think, about $10 million in cap space. This is this really helps them in terms of freeing up cap space. Which, by the way, I got to give Cal- the credit credits due to the Dallas Cowboys, a team for which I used to be a fan of all those years ago. Nobody creates cap space quite like the Cowboys do. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, the capologist they've got in Fort Worth, they are good at creating cap space. They just have no idea how to fill it. They have no idea how to fill the cap space with players that can help them compete for a Super Bowl, which, of course, they have not been able to do since the mid-'90s. For Zeke, Zeke is, to his credit, he came into the league and on the field was never the concern with Zeke. He was easily the best running back coming out of college, out of Ohio State. He had one of the greatest three-game stretches that I think a running back has ever had in the history of college football against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. This is the 2014 season. Just look up Zeke's numbers. They're video game. They're Madden. They're Madden rookie mode good. You've got Wisconsin in the 2014 Big Ten title game. Who they play? Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal game. And then Oregon in the national championship game in a game that actually happened to be in, in Dallas, ironically. He ran for at least 200 yards in all three, I'm pretty sure. If he didn't run for 200 in one of them, it was like 190. I mean, it was incredible what this guy was able to do. He could catch out of the backfield, could run in between the tackles, didn't, you know, could bounce off of tackles, loved yards after contact, had a little bit of burst back in the day. And we saw that sort of fade as time went on. The question for Ezekiel Elliott when he came into the league was never on the field. Off the field, though, there were some serious maturity issues. Okay, don't have time to get into those today. But as time went on, to Zeke's credit, he's a totally different dude now. He became a leader in the Cowboys locker room, a guy that the young players looked up to, respected. Cowboys coaches talked glowingly about him as time went on. And again, it goes to show you, listen, people people can change. People can get better. People can learn from their mistakes. That's what kind of what I'm referring to when I was talking about Ja Morant earlier in a Monday show. Ja can improve. Zeke improved. So I certainly hope that for Ja. But back to Zeke. It's the production on the field uh, that, that, that dipped uh, for Zeke Elliott. Because again, you talk about a guy who first, first three years in the league Two out of those three, he won the rushing title. And the, the the year in between, the year he didn't win the rushing title, 2017, he was suspended six games, but led the league in yards per carry. So even the year he didn't let lead the league in rushing because of the six-game suspension, he was still as productive as, as they came. The problem was yards per carry went down virtually every single year. 11.3 yards per carry his rookie year, went down to 10.3, went down to 7.4, came up to 7.8, Went down to 6.5, to 6.1, to 5.4. It just didn't work anymore. Not to mention, uh, I'm sorry, that's receiving. I'm so sorry, that's receiving. My bad. Rushing, rushing, rushing. My bad. He didn't average 11 yards a carry. That's crazy. That's my bad. No, no, no. Ezekiel Elliott's yards per carry went down every single year. From his rookie year to last season. 5.1, 4.1, went up to 4.7 to 4.5, to 4.0, to 4.2, to 3.8. Just didn't work after a while. I mean, last year he averaged 67 yards a game. He did not have a single 100-yard rushing game. 
And that's fine if he wasn't the biggest cap hit among running backs in the NFL. We know that deal he signed in 2019, made him the highest paid running back in football at the time, which I think was surpassed by Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is still productive to this day. Zeke, he's a third down back. He's a, he's a goal line back. But he's not a turn the turn, quarterback, turn around, give him the ball on first and 10 and let him get five yards. That was Tony Pollard. You showed more explosiveness. Uh, could could catch the ball in the backfield and get more yards more efficiently and more effectively than Zeke. And frankly, after a while, Tony Pollard looked like he was better at getting out, bouncing off of tackles, running between the tackles than Ezekiel Elliott was. So I don't, I think this is the only right move the Cowboys could make. Yeah, listen, for, for a fan base, which by the way, I've never had an issue with Cowboys fans. I think it's one of the most loyal fan bases in all of professional sports, considering what they've dealt with. It sucks to see one of the faces of the franchise over the past seven years get cut. But it's a move that had to be made. The production wasn't there, and the production wasn't coming anywhere near matching the salary. Zeke will get picked up by somebody. I know Houston was interested. I hope, he, I hope for Zeke's sake, I hope he don't go to Houston. I know Buffalo, there's some rumors. Hey, Buffalo might pick him up. That'd be okay. I mean, I guess it's an upgrade for Devin Singletary. But I can see the Buffalo Bills going out and getting Ezekiel Elliott. Somebody will pick him up. Maybe Denver. Who knows? But this this is not something that was going to work long-term in Dallas considering the money that he was making. By the way, it saves the Cowboys money in cap space. Now, will they do anything with that cap space? Probably not because they're the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones tends to be on more of the conservative side in terms of going out and getting big-name free agents. To their credit, they got Stephon Gilmore, but Dak can't throw the ball to Stephon Gilmore, <laughs> you know? It's not, Stefan Gilmore doesn't catch passes for a living. We'll see. But I do think it was the right move for the Cowboys. I, I, I do think this is sort of an addition by subtraction type of move. But I do wish Zeke the very best. Hope he signs with a contender. Has an opportunity to play on more good teams in the future. Uh, last, last March Madness update of the show. Let's see. Uh, Oral Roberts and Duke literally just tipped off about a minute and a half ago. So, about to go watch that game. Auburn, Iowa, it's been close throughout a 16 to 12. Auburn, nine minutes left in the first half. So we got a lot of, we still got, including the two we're, the, the, that's going to be played today, we've got eight games left today. And we got 16 more tomorrow. Six, yeah, 16 more tomorrow. And then we'll move into the round of 32, which should be very, very exciting. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by. As always, be sure to catch Carving It Up Live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern at 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and be sure uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D. The Grid Podcast Network on YouTube, which is where you can find my show. You can find uh, Barry's show. You saw him in the comment section today. All even podcasts. Check out his show on the grid. You've got Patrick Brown. You saw him in the comments. Chaotic Sports Podcast and the Lakers, the, 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 for, the Forum Podcast, which is a Lakers podcast, which will be coming out very, very soon. Be sure to be on the lookout for that. We've got anybody else in the grid commented on the show today? I don't think so. Uh, no, 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 no more grid teammates. Uh, no grid teammates comments today, but Alpha Parsar Jr., Metropolitan Report. Great baseball podcast. I know the Mets were dealt a brutal blow yesterday. Edwin Diaz went down probably, I don't think it was an ACL tear, it was some kind of knee injury that's going to keep him out all of the season, which just sucks uh, for the Mets, for 
I, I'd listen. I, I know both Alfred and Barry, both Mets fans were just crushed by that, which I, I don't blame them because he's one of the better closers in the league. And we won't get to hear the trumpets this year, which just sucks. But Mets podcast, Metropolitan Report, check out Alfred Parsar Jr.'s podcast there. Parnell, be sure to check out his uh, new podcast, the Commander's Demand podcast. New episodes going to be coming out, I think, on Saturday. So be sure to check his stuff out. Great guy, great show, the Commander's Demand podcast. Um, that's all of them. The Cowboys Camp Fan podcast as well. They're, they're putting out some great content uh, lately covering the Cowboys offseason, which has been newsworthy. No question about it. Got Stefan Gilmore, released Zeke. So we shall see how it progresses. And you re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch and Donovan Wilson. So a solid offseason thus far for the Dallas Cowboys, and we will see how it continues to progress. Have a great evening, everybody. I'm going to go keep watching the March Madness uh, I'm sure some of you out there will, will do the same as well. Be sure to uh, stay safe out there. Take care of your physical as well as your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. I got to watch some basketball. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.